0: This is Amy Karakia and Kylie Grillo, and you're listening to Inside Ohio State SWE, the Steminus podcast. Today on the podcast, we have two very special guests, Amy Allstad and Olga Stravridis. Amy is our faculty advisor for OSU SWE and a professor in the ISC department. And Olga is a woman engineering advisor and a senior director in the Office of Diversity, Outreach and Inclusion. So thank you both so much for joining us today.
1: Thanks for having us. All right, so to get us started, can you both tell us about your current roles at Ohio State and what you enjoy about them? So we can start with Amy and then Olga.
2: Okay, so my current role is as an associate professor in the industrial systems engineering department. I'm a clinical faculty, which is a little different. Um, I do not have a research requirement and I uh, teach engineering economy for the college. I teach production planning and facility layout for the industrial systems engineering department even though my major actually was mechanical engineering. I do not have a PhD. I did not come from the academic world. I came from industry um, and I actually met Olga back in our industrial life before we ever met at this actual Juncture of Ohio State. So, I've been in this role for about six and a half years teaching in the department as well as supporting initiatives by the department and the college. Go ahead, Olga. Okay, and
3: I'm Olga Stavridis and I am currently working in diversity outreach and inclusion. Um, most recently, in in the role of senior director, which oversees both the Women in Engineering program and Minority in Engineering program, and our academic success and retention programs. Um, I love what I do. I my biggest um, joy from my job, the most satisfying, is for me connecting women within engineering and hopefully providing every woman engineering student and male student for that matter, a sense of belonging to know that um, they they matter and they we value them being part of our engineering community. So um, this has been a great role in kind of combining academic pursuits with student life issues and bringing that together with programming to the College of Engineering. Um, Before that I I was fortunate enough to be a senior lecturer in the engineering education department where I taught first year engineering courses. And prior to that, I worked at OSU in engineering career services as an associate director uh, managing the co-op and internship program. So like Amy, I came from industry. I worked for 12 years for General Motors And then uh, I met up with Amy after I had my children, my first two at Anheuser-Busch, where I worked as a weekend um, supervisor in the brew house. And, you know, like all women empowering other women, Amy was so helpful to me when I reached out and a mentor of mine said, hey, you should reach out to Amy Olson. She went to OSU, you went to OSU. She works at Anheuser-Busch, and now you're working there. And so, you know, it was through these interactions that I got to know Amy, um, and then I left Anheuser-Busch to come to Ohio State, and it was great to see Amy again when she came to OSU. So, full circle, my background's industrial and systems engineering, and my master's is also in industrial engineering. And, um, yeah, I just love working with everybody uh, in SWE and Nesby and SHIP, um, Phi Sigma Rho, ACMW. It's it's just great to get to meet all the students.
0: That's really cool that you knew each other before. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, that's awesome. It's yeah. kind of shows how small the world in engineering. It really is.
3: is. It really is Amy. I mean I even like through LinkedIn today, I I see People that I knew from undergrad, you know, and so you do, you run in, it it really narrows down um, who you know as far as like keeping in touch. So
0: cool. That's awesome. And it's good that like you guys had such a good relationship back then too, because you know that back then when you support each other in industry, you can still support each other here in these different roles, like being. And more like academia side with Ohio State, so that's awesome. And And I'll say,
2: yeah, jump in and say, like even as parents, I will not forget having my second daughter in engineering, and my first daughter was also in engineering. But the second one um, going to schedule her classes, and should she schedule honors this or honors that? And you know, Olga was in her office, and we walked in. I'm like, Olga, I need some advice here, (laughs) like. Do not take honors calculus. The best yeah. advice we got. Yep. And I,
3: you know what, Amy, honest to God, I was meeting with the first year today, CSE, and she's like, you know, I feel kind of badly of not taking honors uh, calculus. I'm like, don't.
0: <laughs> I could never, never
3: imagine that. Yeah, and she was so, re- she was like, I knew it. I just, there's just this tendency for, especially coming in from high school where you took, like it was normal for most students that are these high achieving engineering students to take an honors class. Like just because, you know, give yourself that time when you, your first semester, your first year to acclimate to OSU before you hop into an honors class.
0: And that is so true. I feel like I did made the same kind of like, had the same thought process when I first joined Ohio State, like, oh my God, I should take these honors classes and do this and try this, like, and I got very overwhelmed at the beginning because I was trying to, uh, I, I very much underestimated how much like getting comfortable with Ohio State and getting comfortable with college classes was like, and then trying to do well in classes. <laughs>
3: it's a huge energy shift you know and it takes a lot more energy to navigate OSU than it did like your high school so students seem to forget that and and not really credit themselves with you know giving themselves the time to to get used to it so I I definitely see that often
0: that's very true well to move on to our next question so I know you both had already given us a little bit of a history on your career. Could you uh, kind of explain a little bit more, like what made you want to shift from being in the industry and then going toward, more towards like academia? Like what, like what was that like also being in industry at the time? So start,
3: s- or Amy, you could start.
2: Either way. Go oh. ahead. Yeah, I'll start. So for me, like coming into the academic world was just 100% total fluke and something I never, ever would have predicted in my whole life. Um, I worked for Procter and Gamble for three years after I graduated. Then I came to Columbus and I worked for Anheuser-Busch for 27 years. And I was the chief engineer in the brewery and, you know, living the crazy life of doing that. And God bless my oldest daughter, Renee, was in industrial engineering. And she told the department chair, you should hire my mom to teach engineering economy. She actually does this stuff for a living. And who knew I connected with the department chair, thinking that this would be a job interview and they'd be like trying to grill me questions about what I knew. And he was more like, oh, please come to Ohio State. We need people to do this. And and so I taught for a year at night, which was a really challenging, probably the hardest year of my life ever, because I was working full time I had three kids. And one night a week I had to go to Ohio State for four hours, one night a week and teach engineering economy at the big stage in Independence 100. Talk about terrifying. but. After I did that for a while, they were like, oh, we could hire you full time. And fortunately, I had enough time at Anheuser-Busch to retire. I was like, this would be a really great second job, you know, second career. And it's been fantastic. Super lucky.
3: I still remember seeing bumping into you in the um, parking garage. (laughs) So excited that you were coming to OSU. And for me, I my transition from industry to OSU was really um, again kind of a surprise, but again shows you the importance of keeping in touch, networking, and getting to know your faculty and staff while you're on campus. Because I had moved to Columbus, and uh, you know, working for General Motors. And after I had my children, my daughter and son, they're, they're less than two years apart. I really put in balance working like 60 hours a week, like I was at the GM facility where I was at and having two small children. I had just moved to Columbus. We, had, we knew no one here. So um, I took a leave of absence and I was grocery shopping in Kroger, this is a true story, and ran into the dean who was one, the first woman to start uh, Women in Engineering. And she advised SWE at Ohio State. Her name is Marianne Mueller. And we stayed in touch over the years. And she, we got together in Columbus. She came over for dinner and met my kids. And she says, why don't you go back? Why don't you work at the university then if you, you know, to, to shift gears and to um, be able to balance more of your time because at the time I was really working a ton. Um, and then when I went to Anheuser-Busch, it was on weekends. So that impacted how often my family was able to be together as a with my husband home. And so long story short, she said, I ended up interviewing for a position and engineering career services which by the way was where I worked when I was a student at Ohio State and that's how I got started. I, I returned to where I worked as a student student worker during my college days.
1: That's crazy that just you happen to run into her at the store and yep. came full circle back to Ohio State that's awesome.
3: Yes and, and really over the years we did keep in touch and so We were so happy that we connected again, and we were gonna—we had made plans and started, you know, to get together. And um, yeah, she—it's so good to connect with some. Like she was my role model, you know, and I really—and to this day, she is my role model for a just an outstanding engineer and advocate for women in engineering. And Amy knew her and oh,
2: adored I adored her as much, story. I think. <laughs> I mean, her, she started, so this, I don't want to say years on here, but okay, so I started at Ohio State in 1980. And I think she started at Ohio State, Mary Mueller in 1979.
0: She I was did. one of
2: the early students that came in and met with her. I remember coming on my campus visit and meeting Mary Mueller. And I worked for her also in engineering career services. So, you know, Olga and I somehow we have these linkages (laughs) that go way back to these wonderful people. And Marianne Mueller was an amazing role model. She She was was. a civil engineer. She still is. Yes.
0: Oh my gosh, that's incredible. Like, that's so crazy. You both worked in engineering career services, and then here you are now, like back at the university. Like, it really just did go full circle. Mm That's
1: awesome. Yep. And then now so, you're going to be that role model to people like us. and students Yeah.
0: Now. Oh, for sure. Like I could definitely say that you two are one of the biggest role engineering role models I've had in my life. And like, and so to know that you guys have this people who influenced you and then you guys influence us and inspire us, like that's just so cool (laughs) It, it is and you know it's cool not
3: because of anything special of who I am or Amy is it's the collective you know it's like all of us uh continuing to support one another and be each other's kind of like advocate like oh you could do that no you're fine I still remember Amy coming to my office when she started teaching Like Olga do you remember you needed scales and we're like Mm -hmm. i brought scales i had my dad's old scale (laughs) you know i (laughs) to teach students how to use a scale you know for layouts on the floor and Mm -hmm. it's it's very so it's not like a difficult formula it's so simple it's just like human interaction and caring and keeping those lines of communications open are really powerful i think for women because you've got what it takes with to be an engineer, that's not a problem. Staying with it and and like riding the waves of the highs and the lows, which come really in any industry, um, that's where I think women engineers coming together, like in organizations like Sweet, to support one another, are just what make you the job so satisfying because you you know you're not alone.
1: Yes, very true. Um, So kind of to take it back, what were some of your most defining or like, you know, the turning points of your career when you were
2: working in industry?
3: Amy, go first, because I have to think about one of
2: them. Um, I would say probably the two main turning points. So I started in Procter & Gamble in Cincinnati. I actually loved working in Procter & Gamble. Um, It At the time, I mean, back in those many years ago, they actually had like a lot of women that were vice presidents. They encouraged the new employees, you know, women engineers to go meet them. Like we had to set up these mentorship, you know, processes and so on. Um, But then after three years, my now husband of many, many years, you know, we talked about getting married and I knew that he wasn't going to move to Cincinnati. It just wasn't going to happen. And, you know, so it was a different time and I decided, okay, well, I'm going to relocate then and I'm going to relocate to Columbus. And I got really fortunate because I I could kind of see from my early career that I liked manufacturing. I liked the crazy fast pace of things that happen all the time. Um, For me to do research or do something that's really like long-term, you don't see a result for 10 years, it's just not something that excites me. I like to work on it today and know we did something quickly after that. So I got that opportunity. Um, I would say then just otherwise after that, it was really just promotions along the way. when I became the resident engineer, I, you know, I would say that was another time where I felt like, oh, can I really do this? Um, And relied on some, you know, friends and colleagues at work and, you know, would go and kind of test my own thoughts. Like, this is what I think If you guys agree. This is right. And it worked out well. And then a whole totally different change to come to Ohio State. That was That was a total shock. Nothing I ever would have thought I would be doing, but totally super fun.
3: Yep. Uh, And for me, I think that um, a big turning point for me was I did all my co-ops with GM when I was a student. And for me, that was a point where I got to see all the differences within a huge company on, job types and what you could do and what I enjoyed and maybe some things that I didn't feel as comfortable in. And like Amy, I love manufacturing and I, I just, I worked every shift I did, you know, 12 hour shifts. I worked for like 18 months straight, six days a week, 12 hours a day. And those were the times when that wasn't, Unheard of. I hate to say it now today. I don't think that that's as common, thankfully. But um, for me, after I did my time, my time uh, working in manufacturing and on the floor, making parts that went into cars, I then got to shift into a role that I, for me, was transformational. And that was being like a customer liaison. So even though we were a supplier for GM, and part of GM as a supplier. We split off, uh, the, the, it was restructured. And I got to visit the truck plants that our wiring harnesses uh, were sent to and assembled into. And so being that go between the, between the customer side of it at the truck assembly plants, seeing how our products were handled, installed, warranty issues, and then working with the design engineers to relay back to them changes that needed to be made, packaging changes that needed to, be, needed to be made. I really loved that role the most. And again, I think what I liked about it was just, again, for me bringing information and people together to uh, solve a problem. So um, I loved working Um, in manufacturing and that's that's really where I stayed so uh, when I got hired at Anheuser-Busch I was so nervous thinking what do I don't know anything about brewing beer (laughs) you know and so thankfully like I said my Marianne says reach out to Amy she'll talk to you about it I remember calling Amy who was gracious with her time and she's like oh great yeah you can do this and I went in for the interview and got the job. So I learned what I needed to learn as I went along. And it was nice to know that somebody that I talked to, thought, well, you could do this and you'll be fine. So having just that, again, support and talking to somebody, it's just, to me, that's so valuable.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you when you said that, like, you know, people don't want to work 60-hour work weeks anymore. I think a lot of people prioritize their work-life balance a lot more, especially like, you know, you were struggling with having kids. So that's a big thing, too, especially for women in this field, are they want that time and they don't want to work crazy hours like that. And they would be with their family and kids.
3: Yep. And, and, you know, I I really, um, I I, I praise students today that recognize their limits and, um, you know, advocate for a better self-life work balance. Uh, When I wanted to work part-time after having my daughter here in Columbus, I just transferred to the assembly plant here. Uh, In June, I had had my daughter in August, if you can imagine this. And after having six weeks as all we used to have then for maternity leave. I asked if I could return on a part-time basis, you know, take the pay cut. I didn't care. I just, there was just no way I could go back to working the way I was. And I actually had a female plant manager at the time. And I'll never forget when she said to me, "You know, I had three kids, and I had to, you know, hire au pairs, have babysitters, and if I, if I could deal with that, you could do that." And it was like I wasn't in that same position to be able to to do what she did. And instead of that was the one example I had in my life where I thought, I will never be like that. I don't ever want to not support another woman because it wasn't easy for me. Like I want to like lift people up and and help others. And so um that was a defining moment, too, to know that i will always do what I can to support others, because I know that sting and that pain that comes when, um, you know, when, when you're, when you're, your needs aren't met, like, to balance your life out.
0: That's awful that it almost kind of, like, she discouraged you from doing what was best for you, and the only person who knows what's best for you is yourself. Exactly. That's, that's really sad to hear, but, like, it it also kind of shows that sometimes not everyone is supportive and but like sweet and if people at Ohio State we all try to show that we are and that we hopefully can prove to others that we are just as supportive to them as they should be to others
3: right and like I said I still had my my tribe my people that I could go to to lean on know, you know that were like no you're not crazy that's just not cool you know that's that's not a you know, that's, there's other ways to, you know, solve this. And, you know, having Amy, having Marianne Mueller, having my other engineering friends that I had at other GM facilities uh, that I are still today, some of my best friends, you know, that we worked together over 30 years ago. And they were ones that were like, no, Olga, this is, you have every right to ask that. And work out a schedule that would have been amenable to you and your family but um when it wasn't right i i had to leave you know and i did i I found what was right for me
2: and i think that you know that applies to women these days i mean in some ways things have gotten better i also think that it applies to men i mean we kind of look at this in a pretty narrow band and talk about sweet, which I appreciate, but, you know, I have a lot of Anheuser-Busch colleagues who's like, the husbands get six months off from maternity leave and they, or paternity leave and they take it, you know, yep. that was uncalled for, you know, in the time when Olga and I were working. I mean, women got six weeks and maybe if you were lucky and you're a husband, you got two days.
3: And that's why I so, I, I'm I so admire this generation that, you know, understands that, you know, we only have one life here, folks, to go around, There's, this is it, and, you know, you don't want to miss things that are important, so I'm excited to see that things are improving, I think, for better work-life balance. I, I think it's slow here in our country, but it's, it's happening, I believe, especially post-pandemic. It
2: seems. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, for sure, and that even like leads to our next question, which is like, what changes have you guys seen in the engineering field from when you started to now? And I know you had mentioned that uh, with uh, getting maternity and paternity leave is now longer and inclusive to both parents, and I think that's great. But are there any other examples you guys can think of?
3: Certainly, Zoom and our online way of communicating,
0: huge
3: in in terms of cutting down on travel. Um, it, it was never unusual, at least for me when I was working, to be gone three nights out of the week in a different city just for meetings, you know, and picking up things or um, parts and whatever that was, I'm not saying that we need, we definitely need the human interaction and the brainstorming together and working together. But there are certainly some things that now I think with technology have really helped to curtail some of that extra out of, you know, away from home stuff. Amy, what do you think?
2: Yeah, I agree with Olga, you know, The one thing that I always felt uncomfortable about somewhat actually with encouraging women to go into engineering is that I felt that you either, you know, were kind of limited to two choices, either you worked in a engineering office or an engineering firm that maybe you were home for a while, but then you actually had to travel to wherever, whatever you were engineering was actually being developed, installed, you know, whatnot, so you're on these long travel commitments, or you worked, you know, directly in a manufacturing facility like Olga and I did, other than she actually did kind of both roles. And my husband is an engineer, and he did the traveling gig for, you know, years on end. I remember being, you know, feeling like a single parent, really, you know, and- absolutely. Yeah, so I think that the technology has made it better for people not to have to travel like that. And even once you get to manufacturing plants now, I mean, you can have have places where, you know, the people in the plant can carry around their iPad and say, okay, you know, I'm gonna show this engineer that's a thousand miles away, what's going on here. And so we can get some input and advice over something that maybe that person designed but they don't have to be standing there to look at it they don't have to travel for two days fly on three airplanes live in a hotel and disrupt their whole life or weeks on end yep
3: and and it's hard too when you have little ones and you're working all day and then you end up traveling and you know you're evening comes and, you know, that they wish you were there with them. It's a tough um, position to be in because you're all day. Yes, you're fine. You're busy. You're engaged. Your brain's going like crazy. You're working. But um, in the end, it's your family that you think of, right, that, you know, that grounds you right before you go to sleep. And it's hard when you have to travel. So I really think now with technology, Zoom, FaceTime. Um, problems are solved in real time and not necessarily well-being under the same roof. So that's very cool.
1: How, have you seen changes with like women in engineering throughout your career? Like obviously the numbers are getting better, but I'm just curious about experiences from like now to then and just how the culture of the industry is changing.
3: Hmm. You wanna work on that, Olga? Yeah, our numbers are improving. It's a very slow move, you know, cultural shift to engineering. But what I can say is some of the, um, the best thing that's happened to engineering is, you know, huge technological advancement. Um, women engineers are making the biggest mark they've ever made in industry, I think, you know, now, and it continues to grow. And part of what I think is even stronger in, in a woman's role in engineering in industry, especially where they're still underrepresented. I mean, if Women make up, say, 25% of the student engineering students population. Then they get into the workforce. The statistic used to be, and I I don't know what it is currently, but as of three years ago, it was like five years post-bachelor's degree, that number of engineering women working that graduated dropped down to as low as 11%. And a lot of that has to do with when you move on. And again, a big factor is starting a family. So what I've seen now are some amazing women in engineering in big roles and leadership roles that also have families. And they also have flexible work schedules. They have flex time. Um, Things like that are what's helping, in my mind, young, young girls who look to see what to get into or, you know, math and science, they love that. But once you see women role models that are able to balance and, you know, have their own kids and and become, you know, fantastic leaders in engineering in their industry and have, give back to their own communities that they live in, I think it's going to become something more common for a small girl to say, oh, I want to be like so and so's mom because she's our soccer coach and she does really cool things at work, you know, whatever that is. Maybe works with robotics. <laughs> you know, so I'm hoping that that will just continue to perpetuate. Yeah, and
0: I I can even speak from like personal experience like I don't think I ever grew up with a female engineering role model like whether it was like in my elementary or middle school life that I knew or anyone in my family personally Um, and I know that that was something that made me feel like I shouldn't be an engineer for a really long time until it was my sister who encouraged me to really like fight that mindset and actually look into what engineering really could be. And and that's when I realized that I actually really loved it when I did take an engineering course in my high school. But it was only after she had like kept on um, encouraging me to just try it, just try it, only because I thought, well, I don't have anyone to really like look up to and, and ask questions about engineering, especially women. And in that class I was the only girl. So that that's definitely that um point that you were saying Olga about how when you are seeing people who are who can expire just in everyday life just doing regular day things and be able to manage a full-blown engineering career like that will only encourage young girls to want to be in engineering
1: right yeah I definitely didn't grow up with any role models which is interesting I Honestly, I didn't know what engineering was. I, my junior year, I was like, "What am I going to do with my life?" I googled. I'm pretty sure I googled like jobs with math that make a lot of money, and that's how I figured out what engineering <laughs> is. I so, love it. I guess that just kind of like what Amy said, but the importance of outreach and just showing, like, teaching girls what engineering is and how they can be an engineer and that they belong as an engineer is really important
3: yep that normalizing of the role and you know seeing it you know, in your neighborhood, mom's somebody, or you know, and and i and i I like to speak too to what Amy said about it's even for guys too, like just to be supportive of women in that role. there's like my boys are so supportive of women in engineering, say, for example, which they are. but like to them, it's not a, it's not a big deal. You know, Like it's totally normal as if they would, that would be one of their buddies in engineering, you know, because they've had me to compare to. Does that make sense? Kind of like, yeah, that makes sense. The,
2: the thing that I was going to say is I think that companies have really gone a lot more to a team-based structure and that's the, you know, vernacular that everybody uses, this person on my team, that person on my team. And I think that women really strive in that team environment. And, you know, previously, probably in the earlier days for Olga and I, it was real hierarchical and my boss and your boss and the boss's boss. And, you know, it wasn't like you felt like you were part of the team. You were just you know, where you were in the organizational structure of life. And I think that, I think that that has really allowed women to thrive and be very successful and, and accept, I'll say those leadership positions without having to feel like I'm the boss and I have to, you know, be forceful. It's like, okay, I'm, I'm the leader of this team and we're going to get this particular job done. And I think that that's really a good encouraging environment. And I think that a lot of people want to work in that environment. And so they support the women engineers and managers that work that way. So. For sure. And
0: like even even in our classes, they're really um, honing in on how teamwork is so important. That's why they make it such a big priority in just the freshman engineering courses that you take is that you're gonna be in a team. These are the people you're gonna work with and you have to learn how to communicate. You have to learn to trust each other and work together and find solutions together. And it's not just one person who does it all. And you need to like be able to put whatever misconceptions you have like behind you and just like learn to work together. So it's good that that kind of does really reflect what um, companies are doing as well based on what Amy and all of you guys are saying.
3: Yep. Totally agree. And th- and I really do tell students that are looking for jobs, even internships and career employment. When you're look in your job search, be sure to look into that because that matters, you know, like that type of culture of being a team based approach. Um, You know, if you're, whatever that, for me, that's very important. Like it is even for Amy, Um, look into the values and like the culture of that workplace so that you can be sure it aligns with what you want. You know, so they're not just interviewing you but you're interviewing them as well.
0: Yeah, I'm currently looking into full time jobs since I graduate at the end of this year, and you know, I i definitely been trying to see what kind of companies I like, and not just going for whichever one you know throws me a bone, right? It's about like if I can actually see myself staying there and and um, being happy and and feeling like I believe in the work that they're doing and have a community there. So that's good. But as a, another uh, question, uh, do you guys have any advice then about like work-life balance? Um, I know a lot of us are thinking about, well, when we graduate, what, you know, what do you do in the real world? Have you worked your job? And then what? Like, and then also when it comes to have, having a family one day, like, do you have any advice? Oh,
2: so
3: I'll much just advice. Say <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Olga and I both know that it's 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 hard um I can throw out a lot of advice so I'm gonna start with you know the the family part of it. Um, Olga and I both have three kids and that is actually a lot um first of all a strong
3: partner that you yes. trust and respects and supports you equally that's hugely important and Amy and I have been fortunate to each have that.
2: And I would say in that, and it kind of goes back to like some things we've been talking about with teams, you know, you say, well, I have to trust a team member, you know, my engineering team to do something. Well, you better, you know, trust and rely on your partner and not just step in and do everything. I mean, Olga and I, maybe we did or didn't have the best role models because maybe our mothers were home. Now I will actually say in a lot of ways, I was fortunate. My mom worked, she was a nurse and I learned so much about life management by the way that she managed our life that I rolled into my life. um, I think that was very helpful but it wasn't like sheer light on my dad to do anything. And I would say I wasn't great about it either. You know, I probably fell into the old stereotype. So, you know, don't don't assume at the first day that you're the only one that can get up in the middle of the night. That's yep. not true.
3: Do you agree it's, on uh, that? Oh, 100%, because, you know, um, especially today, and this whole, every. This whole approach, like it, when you think of raising a family, and it, it there's nothing more of a team than than that. And you and your life partner raising these children are the ones that are sharing, learning from each other, relying on one another, and you know, navigating life together it does, it takes a lot of, you know, good communications, you know, things that make you a good engineer make you a really good family member too, because communication is so important and, you know, engineers have integrity, you know, they they follow through and that's really, that's a key, that's a key attribute to have really for anything in life, but especially for having a family, you know, so my advice is always, yeah, make sure you follow, you know, your passions and do stuff that you enjoy, but first and foremost, when you have your, you know, your family, if, if that's something somebody decides, learn to know that it's a it's a team effort and you're not in it but you can't do it all yourself and perfection is no there's nothing of perfection <laughs> we're all perfectly imperfect that's for sure
1: yeah it's really good advice it's important to have support in all aspects of your life so you can
3: have that work-life balance you really need to support in both Yeah. And push yourself. I mean, it's fun to like, you know, learn something new, try something different, um, you know, and be authentic to your, your true self and then you won't go wrong. So kind of our final question is,
1: what advice do you have to engineering students?
3: Well, my advice I gave out today four times in four different student meetings with first years is, you know, stop comparing yourself to others in your class or in your on your floor. Uh, it's the thief of joy, you know, a student who is so full of potential, so bright and for the most part, I'm looking at OSU students and most of them are very high performing achievers in high school. The advice I give to an engineering student is college is different, and it's okay to fail It's from that is how you learn you know the the come you know the comeback is a heck of a lot stronger than the setback you experience and it's okay to not be perfect and you're not going to be perfect and um embracing that and learning from mistakes instead of feeling like okay that was my one chance I blew it I'm not good for this like I have to change my major that is that is not the case engineering is a marathon you you have to keep the grit you know fall down a whole bunch of times and get back up and um Be comfortable with that and think, you know, reflect on that and say, what did I learn from this? Or maybe what variables can I change so that next time um, I'm met with this same type of situation, I'll have a better outcome. So everything's an opportunity. And if you keep comparing yourself to somebody in your class who's, you know, got a 75 on a midterm where the average was a 36, that is not a that that serves you no good, and that doesn't mean um, you can't be an engineer. Uh, I don't know, Amy, you got anything like that? That's my biggest thing I see is yes. our students who doubt themselves with confidence, and that's females and males. I mean, it's all students, all genders. Um, there's no such perfect thing.
2: And you know the hard part. And Olga and I both know it is. It is certainly not how you do in calculus or physics or engineering. Eleven eighty one. That's going to determine how good of an engineer you are. There's a. I'm a hundred percent certain of that. That that's yeah, not really yes. the, the overarching thing. Be you know, persevere, push through it. Recognize that. That's, that's not what the job is going to be like, that people, they are not, you know, physics and calculus are not taught by engineers. And that's not the way you do it in the real world. And you want to think about what are really my opportunities to go out there and solve problems and make the world a better place. And that's what I'm trying to get to. So let's push through these and realize that every time I push through and solve and you know become like more resilient, that just means the next time I have another hard problem, I'm going to be better at it. Yep. That's such you, good you're
3: more fortified. Yes. And that's, that. that's what, it, you know, those little, those encounters, those, I'm going to get back up. I'm going to try harder. Honestly, that just makes you feel like there's nothing you can't conquer that comes your way, you know, when you get it done. So embrace the you know everything there's going to be you know times where you learn oh boy I have to study differently for this exam or oh man I you know thought I'd be up in time if I stayed up all night well now I guess I learned I have to make some adjustments but that didn't work for me so this is all a learning process and instead of you know making it something that you yourself don't have what it takes because this score didn't work out to my you know my normal scoring that I get on grades that is not that is not what makes you an engineer. What makes you an engineer is staying and solving a problem and being resourceful, asking for help, going and looking for um, anything that can help you in your toolkit of things to solve the problem.
1: Oh, that's funny that you said you gave that advice to four first years today, because I'm a surgeon, I'm still learning that like I have so much to improve on in that. So that's really good advice
3: that, you know, don't compare. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so easy to do, isn't it? It's like, and we tend to want, will automatically be the heart, our own worst critics, you know, that, and um, yeah, four students today, all first years. Well, one was telling me how an EA or an 1181, or excuse me, math 1151, calculus, you know, the score wasn't what she wanted, how disappointed she was in her outcome. And, and she said, I talked to my TA about it. And he said, don't worry about it. That's how everybody feels. And I said, you know, she was almost just like shocked. And I I said, that's okay. You know, I said, are you working with others in the study group? No. Have you gone to get tutoring help? No. Okay, well, let's change that and see how you do on your second exam. And you know it's it's and I told her I said that's how life is that's how manufacturing is that's how you know designs aren't made perfectly the first time there are so many iterations. Mm-hmm. So um, yes, four students today, all of them like. Well, I don't know. I didn't do too well on this course. Okay.
2: <laughs> and have you gone to a SWE meeting because connecting with others? You know, I mean, you guys can probably I can see you guys, your head shaking. Yeah. Do you believe that being in SWE makes you a stronger academic student, even though you're spending less time on your grades?
1: Yeah, definitely. The support that I've had from SWE, I I can't imagine not finding SWE at the involvement fair my freshman year because my college experience would have been so different if I didn't have the support from SWE. It's helped me so much in so many ways in so
0: many areas of my life yes oh, for sure, and, and, and not even yeah. just academically just even like like socially like making new more friends in engineering but also like realizing that there are a lot of other people who are going through the exact same thing as me and my problems are not this huge boulder that I think it is it's actually something my new and when you talk about it with others who actually understand you you realize that there are so many solutions that can be made from this. And it actually, I feel like I was way more efficient and I've been more efficient with my time and the way that I study, how I make my friends, how I spend my time since joining SWE because everyone else in SWE has given me so much perspective and I'm always learning so many cool things.
3: I agree. And the two students I talked to had already connected with SWE. I was so pleased and, um. One was was even going to um like it was it's a networking night event and she was like I am gonna go to the um, expo and I'm gonna go with my dick. and I'm like ah I'm so happy because that is what we all need and this is hard and without it being you know it takes a village all of us to support one another make those friendships make those connections have those strong you know, fun times, the social stuff. Those are, those. that's a precious bonus that you have by being part of the SWE organization and just by being part of any student org. Men and women all need to be in some type of org that they feel connected to in, while they're in college. It cannot be all academics because... You, you miss out on so much that make you that whole entire person.
0: Right, you're exactly right. Well, thank you guys so much for um, being on our podcast episode today and for talking about your own experiences, as well as industry and giving us some great advice. We really appreciate it. I know our listeners also really appreciate it as well.
3: You got it. You all amaze me and give me hope that, you know, we're going to, our world's becoming a better place. So keep doing what you're doing. And um, like, I, I, I'm always humbled by the amazing things that all the young students are doing. So kudos to you. Thank you for having us, Amy and Kylie on the podcast
0: remember you've got this and we've got you
1: now go fem inspire the world